0: Good morning, class. Good morning. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School, the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. God's will is that we be overcomers. And uh, you're, you don't just come into the world knowing everything. When you're born again, you're not just born again, a fully developed individual. The Bible said, "As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby." And we believe we have a directive from the Lord to have faith school and emphasize the foundational truths and principles of faith. And so, um, we that never excuse me. Let's say it like this: that, that's not something you ever get past, no matter how much you develop you don't get past the principles and the foundation. If you get off of that, then you get skew. So um, in any uh, art or any sport or any profession that requires skill, you'll find people always looking back at the basics because that's the foundation everything else is on. And so we're believing, God, uh, that people that just got born again yesterday or today will get what they need, but by the Holy Spirit's amazing ability, people that have walked with God for years can continue to see things about the basics that they've never seen because it is inexhaustible. So let's release faith right now that you will get just what you need in today's class. Father, we all agree together. Those in the class, in the room here, and those everywhere asking you for utterance, for the anointing, for grace and strength, for answers and help. Open our eyes, our ears, our mind, and our spirit to receive and embrace and lay hold of your good, good things. We ask for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Amen. If you would turn in our great textbook, the Bible to Hebrews 10, Hebrews chapter 10, and we'll begin in verse 38 again, talking about what we're calling by faith, a study of the great Hebrews 11 chapter. Hebrews ten thirty eight says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my souls will have no pleasure in him, but we're not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If you look up those words, this could also be translated the confidence of things expected and the conviction of things unseen. So faith has to do with what is uh, expected, what is not yet, and what is not seen. Uh, the scripture says, we, 2 Corinthians, while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. And he went on to say, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So faith is the confidence of things expected. Faith is the conviction of the reality, we could say, of things unseen, not seen. How can you be sure of something that hasn't happened yet in the natural? Faith. How can you be sure and convinced of something that you you can't see, you can't perceive with the senses? Faith. Faith. And faith is the hand that receives from God. He goes on to say, By it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Then we see this recurring phrase throughout the chapter, By faith, this individual, that individual did these different things. By faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Enoch walked with God. By faith, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. By faith, Abraham obeyed, went out not knowing where he was going. And we've made our way in the study down to verse 11. By faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. It uh, matters a great deal as far as the effects on your personal life how you judge god now that might sound strange you may think well i like, me judge god you are judging god uh, you are already doing it what do you mean you have an idea of who he is and what he is in your mind some people uh, don't even believe he exists so they judge god as non-existent <laughs> They judge God as a fantasy, a religious crutch that's not even real. Well, does that affect their life and what they get from God? This is saying Sarah had an astounding miracle happen in her body and in her life. And the key to it was how she saw God, how she esteemed him, and what she judged him to be. And what did she judge him to be? Faithful, Faithful. <laughs> reliable, trustworthy. Praise God. Can you and I do the same? Yes. Uh, if you back up to the 6th verse there, just a few verses prior to this, it talks about without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe, so this you're you're judging God that he is. We have you made up your mind God is. He exists. I judge God as real, <laughs> right? And does that affect your life? It so much. And not only that, I judge God as a good God. He's a rewarder. He's, he's real. He's powerful. He's good. He's a rewarder. He's faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just like Sarah did that, we can and we should do that in our own life. Go ahead and say it out loud. I judge God faithful. I, God faithful. I, call, God faithful. I call God faithful. Hallelujah. hallelujah. He's the, f- the scripture said, He's the faithful God that keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. Oh, hallelujah. Does that bless you or not? Amen. What does that mean? It means one of the greatest favors you ever did, your family, And the future family is to serve God. If you obey God and you trust him and you walk with him, he'll never forget it. And if he tarries his coming 20 generations down from you, he'll still remember you and do things for your great, 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 great grandkids. Is he faithful or not? The Bible said he's he's faithful. Faithful. Hallelujah. That's how Sarah got this amazing miracle. Go with me to the book of Genesis and let's look at some more details about this godly woman, this woman of faith, Sarah. Go to the 12th chapter of Genesis. I want us to see the progression of how this happened. Um. In Genesis 12, verse 1 and 2, we see what we're told of the beginning of this story. Uh, We're we're told that um, who Abraham's father was. And and you see in the previous chapter, uh, genealogy in uh, chapter 10 and chapter 11. But in chapter 12, it says, verse one, the Lord had said to Abram, get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing and I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you and in you shall all families of the earth Be blessed. This is the source of Abraham's faith and also Sarah's faith. This is, uh, you'll see, verse 2, he says, I will make of you a great nation. Now, they might not have known exactly, well, they didn't know exactly what that meant. But they can believe it. They can accept it by faith. But down in verse seven, verse four says Abram departed. He obeyed God, like we read in Hebrews eleven. But verse seven, the Lord appeared to Abram. In another passage, uh, the Lord said of Abram, he's ta- in talking to a king. He said he's a prophet. God called Abraham a prophet, and he has obviously had visions. And dreams from God and heard from the Lord. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, Unto your seed will I give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him. Now, you'll find in walking with God that light is progressive. The Lord doesn't show you the whole thing or even close to the whole thing. He he says something to you that puts a seed in you that if you'll receive it and if you'll water it, it'll grow and it'll become greater and develop. We get the benefit of looking at the whole account. We know already that Abraham and Sarah had a child of their own when he's a when he's hundred and she's 90. We know that from the scriptures. And don't let somebody tell you that's symbolic, that that's not real people and really happen. If it's not real people, you don't need to be reading this. No, Abraham and Sarah are individuals that lived all these years ago. You're going to get to meet them in heaven. You're going to like them. Hmm? <laughs> You and I are called also His seed. He's called our Father because of our faith in Christ. We're family. Hmm? One of these days, you'll get to hug Father Abraham's neck. I'm telling you, you're going to like him. You're going to like him. You're going to like Sarah. Maybe you sit down with her and spend some time. Hmm? We should have plenty of it. But what I want you to see is back here they didn't see that it's coming through Sarah. Because God hadn't said that yet. Y'all with me friends? They can only believe what he told them. What they can believe is that God's going to bless them. And make of Abraham a great nation. Now it didn't say specifically Sarah at that point. But then before the chapter's over, verse seven, God appeared to Abraham and told him, mentioned his seed. So now he can believe he's going to have offspring. Now I'm sure that at that point they're thinking he he and Sarah, his wife, but the Lord didn't specifically say Sarah at that point. Faith can only be, faith in God, I said it like that, can only be based on what he said. And you can't believe for God to do something beyond what he told you he would do for you. This has been a source of confusion not understanding this. Uh, People in our camp, so-called word people, faith people, many have learned some principles of faith. You know, believe it in your heart, say it with your mouth. But some have tried to exercise this apart from a living fellowship with God. And they've had faith in faith which is not the same as faith in God. Hmm? (laughs) If you'd have asked Abraham at that that moment, after, you know, just a few days after God spoke to them, are y'all faith people? He would have probably said, what's that? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Are y'all faith people? He didn't think like that. There were no faith churches. There, were no, there was no faith school. Hmm? Not to knock it, obviously we believe in it. But what I'm saying is there's a difference between trying to do something by faith versus faith in God. Because there have been a number of cases where people have said, I'm going to believe for this. And so they start trying to say they believe it. They start making confessions about it. But the truth is, God never told them He would do that specific thing for them. They just started with it off the top of their head or out of their desire, even a natural desire. And they're trying to make what they want happen with faith principles well, that's trying to do something by faith, but it's not the same as faith in God. How does faith come? Help me out. Faith, faith students, Romans 10, 17 says what? So then faith comes by, by what? The word. By wanting it real strong and, and just, <laughs> I'm going to have faith for this. No, How does faith come? Come on, help me out. It it, it only comes by hearing. And hearing by the anointed, the the Rama Christos, the anointed spoken word. Abraham and Sarah didn't have a Bible, they had no school to go to. There There were no seminaries, there was no church. But they had faith faith so amazing? We're talking about it today. Where'd they get this faith? Where'd they get this faith? How does it all start? (laughs) First verses in chapter 12, how does it all start? God spoke to Abraham. Come on, can you see this? He spoke to him. He told him something. And why are we reading about him? Well, the same reason God spoke to him instead of somebody else, he knows the hearts of man. He knows the end from the beginning. Later on, he said about Abraham, he said, I know him. He'll teach his children. <laughs> He'll pass this down to the next generation. God knew his heart. He called him his friend. Why? Here's a man. Remember later on when he added to the revelation, took him out and showed him the night sky and told him not only is he going to have seed, he's going to have seed as many as the stars uh, of heaven and the sand on the seashore. He just looks at that and says, I believe it. I believe you. And the Bible said, such faith was accounted to him for righteousness. And that's exactly how it works in the new covenant today. It works exactly. Faith has never changed. Abraham's not operating under the old covenant. He's not operating under the law. He heard God told him something and he knew it was him and he chooses to believe it when he doesn't understand it at all, when he can't see any way that it could ever happen. He just said, you said it, you can do it. I believe it. (laughs) And God smiled (laughs) and said, that's my friend. He believes me. And this kept going all the way. Abraham and Sarah obeyed God, obeyed God, obeyed God, obeyed God, obeyed God, till they got the miracle child. And even then, one last huge testing of faith. Abraham said, all right, I mean, God said, all right, you've been doing good, boy. I tell you what, though, I want something else. Give me that boy. That you believed God for decades. The miracle boy, give him to me. And there's, Abraham proved there's nothing he wouldn't believe God for. There's nothing he wouldn't give him. There's nothing he wouldn't obey. And without him, I don't know how much he saw at the time, but he believed for the resurrection. Hallelujah. Does it sound familiar? Somebody. Loved so much and believed so much that they gave their only begotten son (laughs) and believed for resurrection. That's what Abraham did as God's covenant friend, giving God every right to return the favor. Can you see this? Because he's in covenant and do it for Abraham's seed, which is all those that'll believe in him. Somebody say, Praise God. Glory to God. In uh, Proverbs 4, notice this, uh, just keep your place in Genesis. We're going to look at some more things, but Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. Now, we just got through reading in Hebrews 10, The just shall live by faith and walk by faith. But the path of the just, you could say it like this, the faith walk and faith path of the just gets progressively brighter. Can you see that? Shines more and more. It's it's like from the beginning of dawn until it's mostly dark, a little bit of light, until full noonday sun, where it's not dark at all. It's just bright with light. That's how God leads us. That describes the walk of faith. He'll say something to you. It'll spark something in you. You'll begin looking that direction. But you're not, you're not remotely there. You're just started. He told Abraham, leave home. Of course, home and all the family were immersed in idol worship and all other kind of stuff and he said, leave home, leave everybody, and I'll show you where you're going. Well, that's not the whole picture, but he was willing to step out to do that. He said, you're gonna, nations are going to come out of you. Then he said, you're going to have seed. Uh, look, if you see uh, in, uh, in Genesis here, that was the 12th chapter. In the 13th chapter and the 14th verse, Genesis 13, 14, the Lord said to Abram after that Lot separated from him, Lift up your eyes, look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see, to you I will give it, and to your seed forever. Now that's a confirmation. You're going to have seed, you're going to have offspring. Verse 16, and I will make your seed. As the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall your seed also be numbered. Well, you know, he told Sarah about this, right? (laughs) And so they're believing this. They're gonna, Abraham is gonna have seed, offspring, descendants. And now he knows a lot of them. Hmm? But they still don't have all the details. Years pass. And in uh, Genesis 15. Genesis 15 verse 1. After these things. The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He said fear not Abram. I am your shield. And your exceeding great reward. And Abram said Lord God. What will you give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me you've given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. Can you see where Abraham's at now? After God told him, You're going to have seed. But years have passed, and no seed, no descendants. We see, you know, the Bible says, if you read Romans 4, it talks about this, how that God calls those things that be not as though they were. God keeps talking to him about his seed. And after years, he's going, God, we don't have any seed. You keep talking about the seed, but there is no seed. And I'm just getting older. Is that right? Every day, you know, no seed. But Is God upset about this? Is God perturbed about what kind of time is this to him? What's 20 years to God? 20 years to God. It'd be like a couple of minutes to us. We need a renewal of mind to see time more like he does. It'll help you. It'll help you to relax when you realize I'm never going to die. Oh, I'm not going to stay in this body forever. But leaving the body is not me dying. It's the body. You could say it died, but uh, it may be a few minutes before I even realize that body's dead. I'll be out of here. I'll never die. When you realize I'm never dying, it helps you relax because you're going to be around. (laughs) Hmm? And uh, faith is a rest. We which have believed... Do enter into rest. I know one of the first times I uh, first started traveling ministry, I was speaking in another state and uh, I got off work and I had prayed about what to preach on and uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't getting it. And so uh, the day came, time to travel. I still didn't have it. I got on the plane. When I get to the place, I'm supposed to go to the church and get on the platform and preach. I still don't have what I'm going to preach on. And I sat down and, uh, in the seat, and I looked out the window on the commercial airliner, and I said, Lord, you know, any time would be good to get, to get whatever this, this I need to preach and teach. He, and, and I don't mean to hurt a voice, but he spoke to my heart. He said, do you trust me? I said, yes, yes, sir. He said, relax. <laughs> Did you hear that phrase? Do you trust me? What? Relax. Relax. Well, what does that mean? The more you're not relaxing, not resting, is a symptom of not trusting. So I said, okay, I ordered a ginger ale and (laughs) tried to relax. Well, we got there, got to the platform. They gave me the mic. I still don't have it. They're introducing me. I thought, wow. But the Lord had said, do you trust me? I stepped up to the pulpit. When I did, he began to give me word of knowledge. And the gift of the Spirit began to flow. And we did that for the whole service. I didn't need a message. Somebody said, why didn't he tell you? You didn't need a message. He didn't want to tell you. He wants you to relax <laughs> and trust him. We which have believed do enter into rest. Hallelujah. Said out loud, I'm resting. I'm resting. I'm trusting. I'm relaxing, I'm relaxing. I'm relaxing. in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that's our time for today's class. We'll see you next time in Faith School.